Well, we're in a three-week, uh, third week of a study that we're looking at, Recovering Redemption, how Christ changes everything in Sunday school, and, and our sermon series is looking at that too, but this week and this remainder of this month, we are looking at a racing theme, as this is the mini-marathon yesterday, and we had a couple of our members run that. It's Kentucky Derby weekend, and it's also the month of the Indy 500. So we're emphasizing racing, and each week we're trying to get a different set of car, cars here. And if you notice out that Yule Racing, uh, the Yule boys have brought a couple of their Camaros and other cars out for you to look at on the way out the door. But we want to talk about going from average to exceptional today. You know, Karen and I did the mini-marathon a couple of years ago, uh, and we, uh, we did the mini-marathon in a record time of three hours and 50 minutes. Now you think, well, what does that mean? Well, Jason Bass, one of our church members, uh, ran it yesterday in an hour and 50 minutes to just give you an understanding of our time. But racing is something that we all have a connection with in some way or another. But also, Paul, the apostle, had a connection. If you look at the passage that Randy read today, Paul talks about running a race and about competing. And Paul is a man whose life was drastically changed when he met Jesus, where he went from being a persecutor of the Christian church to establishing churches. And he was arrested several times for his faith and spent part of his time in prison. And one prison he was in right outside of Tel Aviv in Israel today, Caesarea Maritime, was, was a track, a coliseum. And if you go to that prison today, you can see if Paul had the right window, he could see the, the coliseum and the racetrack where he could have observed uh, horse races, chariot races, and Olympic-style foot races. So Paul had been exposed to the world of racing. And if Paul were alive today, I imagine he would be a race fan. But I know he understood something about discipline and what it took to win races. That's what Paul is writing about in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. And when I say discipline, I want you to understand that for Christians, discipline to God is like we as parents are with our children. We love that child even though they aren't perfect and they may misbehave and they may not make straight A's and do all we want them to do, but because they're our children, we still love them. And the same is true for the Christian. God loves his children. He loves them because of their position as followers of Jesus Christ. So whether we behave or not or do the best in life, it doesn't mean our salvation is in jeopardy. But discipline, to me, is the difference between the average Christian life and the abundant Christian life. And if you really want to walk with Christ, you don't just survive as a believer— you thrive as a believer, and that takes discipline. And discipline is different. 
It's the difference between surviving and thriving and being average and abundant. So how do you take your Christian walk to the next level? How do you thrive as a Christian? How do you become abundant as a Christian? We are told in John 10.10 that Jesus came to give us a full and abundant life. And Megan shows us how many young people today are taking their faith from average to abundant. We're offering a mission trip for our people in, uh, to eastern Kentucky, June 7th through the 12th, if you're interested in that. But Paul understood that there was a need for discipline. If you look at verse 24 of 1 Corinthians 9, he said, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets a prize? So run in such a way to get the prize? Well, that's a little bit different than our culture thinks. It's not what I call politically correct in a society where we give trophies for participation. But what Paul is saying here is only one person gets the prize, so run the race in such a way to get the prize. But aren't most of us like that? Aren't we people that want to be in it to win it? That we're people that like to win? How many of you, when you're in the, in the line, checkout line at Walmart, uh, have an imaginary you in the other line, and you wait to see, well, does the imaginary me get through the line quicker than, than I do? And if they do get through quicker, you're usually pretty angry. But we are people that compete. We tell our kids to give their best in school. We tell them to do the best in sports, and hey, you win that first chair in band or get that solo in choir. But let me ask you, we do that in culture, but what if people who follow Jesus Christ said, I'm in it to win it. I'm going to give my best shot at serving Jesus. What if Christians said, I'm not going to be content with just being in the race. I'm actually going to run the race to win it. I'm in it to win it. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means that when I come to my faith, we aren't just taking a weekend approach. Now let me ask you, how many of you would like to take the last seven months of this year and by the end of 2015 have your life two or three steps closer to Jesus Christ than where you are now? If you say yes, then you need to understand that there is a, a discipline because desire is not enough. You know, desire really doesn't get you there. How many people here desire to be a better spouse by the end of the year or desire to be better parents by the end of the year or desire to make more money by the end of the year? But all these things take discipline. Paul says, don't just be content running the race. Paul says, run it to win. Now, let me tell you how you do that. Paul continues, he says, everyone who competes in the game goes through strict training. That's an important word here, that word training. See, Paul continues, they do not get a crown that do not last. So what he's saying here, for athletes to compete, they need to do something that will last. 
You know, this year Duke won the NCAA championship. But I tell you, by October, nobody will care. Patriots won the Super Bowl. But come August, nobody cares. And do you know why? Everything in this world is temporary. That's why Paul says your crown won't last. You compete for in this world. And he says, therefore, I do not run like somebody running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. Paul is saying, I have a plan, a plan in place for discipline for my life. Paul is talking about discipline. And there's a difference than just trying and training. If I was to take everyone here today, all 600 of you, and say, let's meet back here at 1 o'clock, we're going to run a marathon at 26.2 miles, and at 1 o'clock we get everybody out there on Blue Ridge Road, and, and we start out, I'd say by 2 o'clock, most of us would be given up or dead. <laughs> but you know why? Because we haven't been training for a marathon. But training, if we started six months ago and we started dieting and exercising, then most of us could probably compete. Hey, it may have taken nearly four hours for us to finish the mini, but we finished it. And see, that's the difference between training and trying. And training is something we all like. I mean, uh, how many movies have there been based on on training and getting ready for athletic events. I pulled one out of my past. Uh, Nick, can you kind of put it up? How many remember this uh, training video here? Sylvester looks a lot younger, doesn't he? See, when we see movies like that, it excites us, doesn't it? It's like when the eye of the tiger came out and, and we, we admire people like that that are able to train and, and to get to that point. And how many of you all know this guy? Hugh Jackman? Yeah, remember him, the Wolverine? Well, in my generation, that guy's a sissy. Let me show you a real man. Okay, what's that? And who can beat Conan? Good grief, guys, the barbarian. Now, how do you think they got those bodies? Do you think it was a result of just trying? No. They trained. They worked at it. They didn't just go walk for 15 minutes on the treadmill and then go home and slam down Twinkies and Coke. They worked at that. So the question translates over to us. How do we as Christians train? Let me give you some clues. It starts when you read your Bible for 10 minutes a day. A plan, and not just saying, I'm going to try to read my Bible. No, it's not something you do when it's convenient. It's training. It's doing it no matter what. Because there's a lot of people out there with desires to get close to God but it doesn't really make a difference until you have the discipline to actually do it. When you pick up your Bible and start reading it, 
Another training tip for Christians is become a part of a community of faith. You need to be a member of a church taking responsibility to serve and meet the needs of other Christians because you train better when you're there with a partner. See, there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. And it's taking a step to walk with Jesus and and other Christians. And that takes discipline. And every one of us in here today has a, a next step I think we need to take when it comes to our walk of faith. And that next step, it may be attending Sunday school or a Bible study or joining the church and getting baptized or to start serving somewhere or start tithing. But it takes more than just desire. It takes more than just trying. It takes discipline and training. Saying, I want to be like the Wolverine or I want to be like Conan or I want to be like the Apostle Paul or Jesus Christ. Notice how Paul finishes this section of scripture out. He said, no, I strike a blow to my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. In this particular passage, Paul uses six personal pronouns to show whose responsibility it is to discipline themselves. Paul is saying in this verse that discipline is my responsibility. It's not your mom's, it's not your dad's, it's not your spouse's, it's not your preacher's, it's not your kid's, it's not your boss. Discipline is your responsibility. And no one else is going to do it for you when it comes to walking with Jesus Christ. You have to say, it's not just a desire, it's a discipline. And that's the difference between average and abundant. It starts with sometimes baby steps in our Christian faith, but those baby steps lead to leaps of faith. But it starts with discipline. So what step do you need to take? Do you want to be like a champion? Do you want to be the Hugh Jackman of of Christianity? Or do you want to be like Megan and spending your spring break rather than at Panama City Beach actually making a difference in the life of people in Haiti? Discipline is what we need if we want that abundant life. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather here today, we just thank you so much for being a God that allows us to be participants in your kingdom work. We just pray that we get as excited about our faith and we get as disciplined about our faith as we are in the other things we do in life. And that where our faith is not just something that we practice on Sunday, but we practice Monday through Saturday. It's in your name we pray. Amen.